welcome to Blog Talk Radio and uh, Light Warrior Radio with me, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you are a sensitive soul, welcome. Oh, that is who we are here to serve. And I'd love to give you my free gift if you don't already have it. It's called the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace prosperity, positivity, and personal power. Uh, and you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. It's a free download for you. Would love to see you in my community as well. So today we're going to be talking about twin flames and attracting soulful love into your life uh, with Ingrid and Hamilton Sage. And so Hamilton is uh, a friend of mine and also part of my dream weaving group. And so is one of my soul brothers. Uh, and I'm very excited to uh, have them both here talking about what is a twin flame? You know, how do you attract your ideal partner? Um, how does that work? What does it look like? You know, do you do a bunch of vision boards? Uh, do you like, you know, meditate about it? Um, and how do you know whether the person that you're with may be your ideal soulmate, romantic partner, twin flame, etc. Uh, you can check out their beautiful, beautiful uh, YouTube channel called Twin Soul Poets. You can also go to the website twinsoulpoets.com. So www.twinsoulpoets.com. And uh, let me tell you a little bit more about them. Uh, so. Ingrid and Hamilton are married, and they're passionate about helping people manifest deep, soulful love in their lives. And they're actually award-winning spoken word poets and actors who share love and relationship advice and uplifting content on social media and their growing YouTube channels. Absolutely beautiful uh, YouTube um, videos that are there. And, of course, they do some private coaching and sessions and courses. Um, So I want to tell you a little bit about um, how they met. So I think it's really interesting how there's often, you know, synchronicities uh, when things are in alignment, when things are going in the right direction. So uh, before I unmute um, uh, Hamilton and Ingrid, uh, let me share you this beautiful story. So um, Hamilton writes, several years ago, I walked through a beautiful garden, sat down on a bench, and asked the universe out loud to please give me a sign that the love of my life was on its way to me. Oh, I think this is Ingrid's uh, story here. So right then, something bit me on the back, and when I turned around, I did not see a bug, but there was a plaque on the bench that said, I will send him to you. Wow. That was pretty profound. I got chills reading this again. (laughs) So that's the real-life experience that Ingrid had several months before she met Hamilton. And this is the beginning of a string of amazing synchronicities that brought them together and inspired them to say yes to love and to each other. Um, Ingrid named her family French dog, uh, French bulldog, rather, Hamilton, two years before they met. Is that funny or what? Like, what are the chances that you name your dog (laughs) Hamilton? Um, and, uh, after their first date, they saw a massive shooting star, <laughs> which again is an amazing sign. And on their first date, Hamilton shared a poem by one of his favorite poets, Hafiz. And years later on their wedding night, they pulled up to their hotel at 2 a.m. to find a car parked in front of them with a license plate that said, guess what? Hafiz, H-A-F-I-Z. Uh, So these are just a few examples of a journey full of magical serendipity, synchronicities, um, and uh, Hamilton and Ingrid love to help other people find and nurture this kind of magical love in their own lives. So definitely check them out uh, at TwinSoulPoets.com. Okay, so uh, let me see here. Oh, by the way, guys, if you are wanting to ask a question, comment, you know, something like that, I'm going to go ahead and open the chat. Uh, right now okay and um, let's have uh, we'll have uh, Hamilton and uh, Ingrid call in again because I think their uh, their phone number just dropped so we'll have them call in again so just open up the chat so let us know about what your story is in terms of you know soulful love have you been lucky in that way have you not been what are some of the issues that you have come up with maybe are preventing you from attracting that twin flame, that 
you know, soulful, loving relationship. And then uh, if you want to ask a question live in the show, you can call in. The guest call-in number is 818-514-1190, so we know your hand is up. Again, 818-514-1190, and hit 1, so we know your hand is up. Okay, great. So uh, let's take a look at the console here. Now, right now, um, I'm not seeing Ingrid and Hamilton in the console. Now, I wonder whether this is a a browser issue. I haven't had uh, issues on um, the uh, browser on Chrome, oh, sorry, Brave before with this. It's been going fairly well, but you never know when they do updates and things like that, um, whether or not uh, that is an issue. So I'm just going to connect here uh, on another system with Hamilton and Ingrid to see uh, if they're having technical difficulties on their end, because that can happen. And I know it's not ideal on live radio, but you know, it happens. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to check here to see. And uh, like I said, you know, if you have a story about your own experience, you know, feel free to put it in the chat. Okay, so it looks like we are on a roll here. Okay, yay. All right, so let me uh, unmute <laughs> hey, Hamilton, hey, Ingrid. Hi, Hi. Can you hear us? Hi. Hi. Yes, yes. I know. I don't know how you guys are talking through one phone, but <laughs> thank you for dealing with the tech. I appreciate you. We're happy to connect with you. Thank you for having Uh-oh. us. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Super excited about this. Uh, you get questions from my sensitive soul. Folks, how do I, you know, how do I attract my ideal partner, um, you know, uh, and some people ask me questions about twin flames or twin souls. And so, of course, you guys are more the expert than I am in this. Uh, in this. So, uh, first of all, I would love to tell us more about your story together, and then we'll kind of dive, dive into some of the questions we have. Sure. Yeah, so we actually met through a mutual friend of ours. We were, um, well, Hamilton was taking a course about um, nonviolent communication and enhancing your relationships with people. So not just, you know, um, romantic relationships, but relationships in general. And um, she actually invited me to come and give a testimonial because I'd done a lot of this work and I knew how powerful it was. Um, the interesting thing was he had actually been taking the course with my parents for several weeks. So he actually knew my parents <laughs> first. Um, so that <laughs> we it's laugh funny. now and say that was kind of, his like little way in the back door, you know, he's it was, already it was a smooth <laughs> in, you know. Right. Oh yeah. Very smooth. <laughs> wow. Just buttering pretty impressed up, your parents um, you know, were they, there too, Ingrid. And they were getting along great, you know, um mm. and I come in and I love for, for Hamilton to tell this part whenever I first came into the into the space where she was doing the workshop. Well, I I mean, she definitely caught my eye. I was uh, already friends with her mom, like I said, and I saw Ingrid walk in behind her one day, and I was like, oh, well, that, that must be Patricia's daughter. And I was like, okay. So I already knew her mom was really cool, so I'm, like, immediately interested. And she had a notebook um, that she was, like, leafing through while we were waiting for the meditation to start, and I – what looks like a bunch of poems and like drawings in there i'm like okay she's writing poetry now i'm more of my boxes are being checked and um <laughs> then we had this uh they ended the class with this meditation of like kind of open eye gazing um to really practice like seeing and being seen and um and you're supposed to connect uh, eye contact with every person in the circle and when we got around to each other it was like one of those very like kind of tractor beam like there was an <laughs> instant what felt like a recognition of like I don't know you but I know you right and um, both of us definitely felt it and we didn't really make it around the whole circle I don't think no. uh, it was just like this electric <laughs> this electric feeling and it was just very obvious that that we had just like had this very deep connection um, and that eye gazing. Interestingly enough, months before I had had like a reading and I was, you know, really in this state of being clear that I, I wanted to meet my life partner and, and wanted mm-hmm. to connect in a very deep way. And they said, well, you'll know when you meet because they won't just be looking at you. They'll be looking into your eyes. 
And the funny thing was, I remember the person was doing the reading. She was very new and she wasn't so confident in what she was getting, but she ended up being spot on because we really did meet gazing into each other's eyes. Um, And so that was a very powerful moment for both of us. Yeah. Oh, that's an incredible story. I'm just like getting a bit of chills, just <laughs> you know, listening yeah. to to all of that. Yeah. So, so tell us more about you know after after the meeting, then what happened? So um, after that, you know that there was definitely that feeling, right, which felt pretty intense. But at the time, I was about to go to Thailand to teach English, and Ingrid was on her way in a couple months to move to Atlanta to pursue acting. And um, so it wasn't really the best timing for either one of us. But, you know, I remember being out in the parking lot of that place. It was like a health food store. And uh, I was going back. I literally went back and forth, like, probably, like, a good five or six times of, like, no, I should just go, like, no, I should get her number. No, I should just leave. Like, no, go back and get her number, you know. And uh, eventually I did just get in the car and leave because I I was like, you know what, if it's – I was very much on a path of, like, if it's meant to be, it'll be, you know, and if, and if I am supposed to see her again, I will, so I don't need to force it. Um, I really felt that way. And, you know, long story short, um, our mutual friend who, we, who was teaching the course eventually, like, texted me a couple weeks later and was like, hey, I'm with Ingrid, and she said it's – would be totally cool if you had her number because I had kind of asked to try to be nonchalant about asking about her uh, <laughs> after that. Um, but yeah, we ended up uh, going on a couple dates. Um, and like you mentioned, like we saw a huge shooting star at the end of the first date we went on, and we kind of at the beginning felt like our relationship was this shooting star relationship. It was this bright, (laughs) exciting, hot, fleeting thing that we just accepted was this moment in time because we really had only a couple months that we dated before we were both moving on. And I think that energy was a big part of what ironically ended up reconnecting us um, several months after that via Skype at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we began um, connecting and, you know, just doing video calls and talking for hours on Skype, which eventually led to me going to actually visit him in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Wow, And I think really? that was, yes, and it was, that was amazing. It was a really yeah and beautiful time for us to really connect. And I think us, and I think you might be about to say this, us being farther away and dating long distance, I think actually brought us closer together. Mm. Because that's, you really only have, you know, your voice and a visual to connect. We're not physically together, which I think early on in a relationship, it could be really easy to get, you know, in the puppy love, caught up in that physical attraction, which was right. there and exciting. But it was really nice to be able to have that space between us. I think so yeah. much grew. We became really good friends mm-hmm. and realized, uh, I think, through it that we had so much in common, Um on like a spiritual level, uh, both of us are pretty like interested in a lot of different spiritual things. Or we kind of like to joke, say like we're pretty woo woo. Oh yeah, we're pretty like, totally we, <laughs> we just realized through that that we, you know, we liked a lot of the same things, and we're just deeply interested in a lot of the same things. That connected on so many levels, um, emotionally, spiritually, you know, with our goals and everything. So that time really did help and it and it was a kind of changed my perspective too when she did come halfway across the world to see me it was like okay maybe there is something more to this than just like a a fleeting thing and it that kind of began my um whole like journey of kind of considering oh am I going to make this into something more long term and um you know, eventually I deciding when I came back from Thailand to, you know, make the move down to Georgia and um, be around Atlanta to just see what was up with it and um, give it a shot. And um, the rest kind of uh, us doing this whole twin soul poets thing really kind of took on a life of its own from just uh, originally messing around with uh, some of the poems that we had written to each other uh, okay. while we were apart. 
and I had all this experience in the National Poetry Slams, um, competing and coaching in that for years. And I was like, you know, what if we like made some group poems with these, and you know, and we tried it out, and we again like the synchronicity is such a like through line for our relationship. It was. Yeah, the very first poem that we um, wrote together, we actually just took two poems that we'd written separately, and we were like, well, what if we just read the poem line for line, like back and forth? And (laughs) the poem actually rhymed in some places. It made sense in terms of the story that was being told. It was like this beautiful moment of like, oh, my God, like this, this poem, like, has come together. You know, we took it, and it's kind of that twin flame feeling. These two parts come together and make this, this beautiful thing that, we aren't yeah. separately and um, we've performed that poem live and it's always um gets a great response people love it you have people yeah. you know just in, tearing up because it's just so amazing how that piece um kind of inspired this whole journey we went on in terms of doing spoken word together mm-hmm. and then and performing and then also eventually doing love and relationship advice and coaching yeah we call it an accidental contrapuntal a contrapuntal is when there's Two, poem, two individual poems that like stand alone and work on their own and then but then when you combine them like like Ingrid said kind of line for line the first line of the, the first one and the first line of the second one and you piece them together they also become a whole new poem that tells a whole together story. Yeah. Um, wow combined and, uh, like we didn't even write them Without be that way, but it, when we did piece them together, we were like, "Holy crap!" This, I like work. Um, Whoa! So, that's an, I didn't even know there was a word for that. That is incredible. Contrapunnel. Contrapunnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that that is really neat. So I'm I'm hearing. So Ingrid took this. Well, I mean, some people could see it as a risk. You know, you're going all the way to Thailand to see some guy, right, that you met for not that very long and just did a whole bunch of Skype with, right, and and uh, and then and then same thing with Hamilton. You were like, okay, I'm going to take a risk, and I'm going to move. I'm going to move my home to be close to Ingrid and mm-hmm. see what's up, like see what develops. Like that takes quite a bit of courage, I would think, um, uh, for people. So, you know, tell us more about, like, what what this whole concept of, of twin flame, soul flame, like is that just a – concept or is this is that really a thing like how would you guys describe it yeah so the way that we always say is is ultimately everything is is a concept to try to understand this spiritual experience we're having you know Mm. we give meaning and we assign words and concepts to things so that we can understand things that sometimes are unnameable you know it's really something that you experience and anytime we people will never tell somebody if they're twin flames we always say that's such a personal um, experience. It's something you know between the two of you. But if I were to give a definition, it's basically two expressions of the same soul. Um, some people say two halves of a whole. I don't love saying that just because it's like, it's not a you complete me situation. Right. I don't believe ever. Everybody has is, is on their earth journey as a complete being. Um, but it is this feeling that when you, if you choose to or you're desiring to go on a twin flame journey, it's the ultimate journey of self-discovery and self-love because what a twin flame will do as a reflection and, and, and a mirror of you is always give you the opportunity to see more and more of yourself. Um, so I would say it's the ultimate journey in love, um, in, in self-love especially, but also to see all of, the, all of the aspects of you, including the darker parts, including the parts of yourself that you've hidden away. You can't hide from them with a twin oh boy. flame. Um, <laughs> And so it's, it's, you know, it's a beautiful story to have, but it's not always easy. We've yeah. been through a lot of bumps and, and tough times as well. But I think the thing that has really um, kept us strong is that we have together a commitment to growth. We literally sat down one day and said, no matter what we go through, we're going to grow from it. And for all the years we've been together, we've known each other about 10 years now, been married for about for five years a little over five years, that has always been true. We've always grown from any of the challenges that we've had. And the fact that we met in a course that was like this nine-week course on uh, practicing nonviolent communication and effective communication and relationships and really being well-versed at expressing 
your emotions and clarifying emotions clearly and like understanding the whole dynamic of like the masculine and feminine balance within yourself and within a relationship like that has served us immensely well also because even through those tough times like you mentioned like we have just like anyone else like there's this like through line of we tend to be able to like at least communicate where we're at pretty well yeah, i agree and another really important aspect of twin flames if you you know subscribe to um, the twin flame journey and the twin flame concept is that there is a twin flame mission so when you come together with someone who's your twin flame there is this huge impulse and this huge like knowing that you're to do something together um, and I think that's something that tends to be unique about a twin flame relationship is you have what we call the twin flame mission. So it's, yeah. it's something that you feel you're meant to give to the world. It's a very, like, yeah. giving it seems, feeling. That seems to be, like, one of the main things that kind of separates it from, it's, you know, it's basically similar to soulmates in a lot of ways, but that mission aspect of, like, the way that our whole twin soul poets journey and uh, business has taken on a life of its own, like, it's almost like we felt like the universe was like pushing us to do these mm. things every step of the way. Mm. And like, we just kind of follow the breadcrumbs or like the not so subtle, like signs. Mm. A lot of times, you know, we just toyed with the idea of performing together. And like, every time we did, we would be invited to like do three other performances and just <laughs> would have such a bit overwhelming, like feedback of like, keep doing this we we love when you do this and Ah. then that spiraled into so many people asking us about love and relationship coaching and do we have a coaching business and all this and uh eventually like it's like you can't be given so many signs before you're like okay well i guess that's something we should be doing because like it seems like people really want it and you know. yeah i heard the other day i was listening to a podcast and this woman had um had a near-death experience and the big um gift or teaching she brought back was breathe and don't resist that that was the key to to living a, a full life um and honestly that feels like so much of our journey is like breathe and don't resist like things that come to us saying yes to them mm-hmm. has led us to a lot of really great places and we've had a lot of powerful growth together um and definitely some growing pains but it's it's all been worth it and i'm grateful for every bit of it oh that's amazing mm-hmm. well one of the things you both said uh, very well and and i think we should delve into a little bit more is that um you know there i guess some mythology out there i guess in relationships where oh if i meet my twin flame or oh my twin soul or my soulmate you know we're going to get along all the time and it's going to be great and you know all that kind of stuff right and what i'm hearing is like uh no not exactly <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of, of challenges. a yeah, there's a bit of like a be careful what you ask for element to this. And um, it's something we say a lot is like meeting your twin flame is not like some mountaintop peak experience to be reached. And then it's all flowers and rose petals from there. Like that's really the beginning mm-hmm. of the journey together. And and it takes continue process and a real dedication like Ingrid said I think more than anything else to be willing to grow together and to be willing to take each experience as a learning and growing opportunity because that said there's this uh, mission usually that some kind of work that you're supposed to do together and we believe like Mm -hmm. that that will be kind of made clear to you as you go along but also like underneath even that is like this mission to just expand your consciousness really expand your knowing of the self through this constant mirroring that goes on and like i think most adults know like the growing process is often comes with like growing pains and usually the biggest growth comes when we're stepping out of our comfort zone and like it can be uncomfortable. The and twin flame is going to like constantly invite you 
outside of your comfort zone. But yeah. like the, the reward is always so great. And, and I think that one for me, and because there's so many interpretations of what the twin flame journey is, what it even means, what are the signs, you know, and it's like, we can talk about those, you know, we can talk about those and they're interesting. And I think we've had them, but ultimately, like I said, it's going to be you and the other person who have the knowing of that or not. And it's also the opportunity for self-growth, for inner growth. I think it really is always a journey back to your to self mm-hmm. because all of the work that you, anytime you're expecting, I'm expecting something of Hamilton. Hamilton's not doing this. Why is me, you know, this is bothering me. Every 100% of the time, and I've learned this now from the years we've been together, it's an opportunity to see if I'm offering what I'm expecting from him. Am mm-hmm. I exemplifying the very thing that is, bothering me and nine times out of ten it's an opportunity for me to take a look at that in myself so that's what I would say to people who are listening and are really interested and I, and I think that's valuable information for any relationship you're in yeah. but especially the twin flame journey because you can't avoid it that reflection is always going to be there but it's also the greatest gift because it lets me know this is how I can expand this is where I can go even deeper into my own self-love and inner journey and yeah. growth and like Ingrid said, I think that's true of almost any relationship, really. Like, I think that's the value of intimacy is that it, it opens those doors for all of us. The, what seems to be what, what people talk, and again, like, it's a label, ultimately, like Ingrid said, but what seems to be consistent with people who feel like they're having this twin flame experience is there's a certain level of, like, intensity to it, mm-hmm. uh, an intensity. And, and a lot of times something a lot of twin flames talk about in that whole like terminology is like the the runner chaser experience or like a period of separation where like you come together there's this really intense coming together really intense recognition synchronicity is another thing that like like we've all those weird synchronicities that you mentioned those are just a few of the ones that have happened with us but then Uh that intensity a lot of times will lead to like one or the other person kind of breaking away or being like whoa this is too much kind of thing it's like i think the ego really rebels a lot of ways and that's what's where that uncomfortable like feeling like you're getting out of your comfort zone like ego doesn't like change right the ego doesn't like to have a spotlight signed on all of your inconsistencies or you know uh areas where you could grow and ascend or whatever and so that leads to this like separation period that a lot of twin flames talk about and and um that can be like a difficult part of the experience because then there's like a longing right for a reconnection but what we really encourage is during that separation period and and we kind of had it naturally like through going to thailand and her going to atlanta but well then we did have a time also that we did yes to be separate for a while to True, figure out where we, yeah where we stood about things and uh but to to use that time to again like go within because even right away when you do come together in this intense way like we say like the twin flame it kind of sparks or ignites this certain level of like aha within and maybe it sort of shows you a bit of like oh this is who i can be this is who i want to be this is the version of me that like i want to move towards and whether you're together or not even if you're in that separation phase it's like and even if you never come back together value of it is to ultimately go within and be like what did i just learn from that what did that other person like ignite in me that i can use for my own personal evolution now and um, ultimately, it kind of always comes back to that. Even even with Inger and I being together now, like she said, like so many of the moments we have together are really an invitation to go within and see what do I have to learn for me right now. Oh, I love the word invitation. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, because uh, people naturally and understandably want to avoid conflict. And uh, sometimes our ego just wants to avoid challenges, right? Like, why why do challenges? You know, I'm comfortable where I am. So when conflict comes up, it's so common. I'm sure you see this in your coaching business as well, is that people literally running away but not doing the introspection part of it um, or blaming mm-hmm. the other person. It's their fault that this has happened. Um, and then trying to sometimes find a replacement for that. Um, and uh, And if not running away, then fighting. You know, 
and, and blaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and amazing. even sometimes, especially, absolutely. And if someone is especially um, attached to this idea of finding a twin flame, sometimes that attachment can actually become a protection from actually opening up to love that might be right there. So uh, if, if they're just like, oh, I have to meet my twin flame, or, I, or this person is definitely my twin flame, and it might be, you know, say a celebrity that they feel is that person, it's almost <laughs> right. like a protection that's keeping them from real intimacy, from actually, you know, having to be vulnerable and connect. So it's important to have that awareness of self. And, you know, we, we help people do that. Um, and we've had some powerful moments where people were like, wow, I, I was, this was protecting me, even though it felt like, oh, this is just, it's just because I want this thing, I need this, but it's so important to value your, your worth. And, you know, in order to find love, you've got to make yourself available to love. You do have to put yourself out there and you just be vulnerable, which can be scary, but is ultimately, you know, like we said at the beginning, anything worth having, you know, there's going to be that sense of risk involved. There's going to be that fear that comes up. But, you know, uh-huh. when you have love in your life, it's just, it's, yeah. it's so worth it. And it kind of always comes back around to learning how to love yourself more yes. fully, more deeply. And that's, sort of the interesting side of that, you know, belief that, oh, if the twin flame is a, is a real thing, are they just this, a, a, another expression of the same soul? And, like, so ultimately the best thing you could do to cultivate love with this twin flame idea is to cultivate and really nourish and nurture love for yourself. Right, which is great are, advice for anybody yeah. <laughs> who wants love in their life. Right. So when we talk about, you know, people wanting or how do I attract deep soulful love into my life, that's one of the things that's that's really key. What you're both talking about is that cultivating self love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's you know, we we've made lots of different videos about different things people can do and techniques and focus, but ultimately um a couple cores of our teachings are when you when a lot of people are wanting to manifest love, they may make lists of things and different like aspects they want in someone else and I want this person right. to be this and I hope they have that and, and that's a great thing to do but we just actually made a video about a really powerful question that you can ask yourself um, that many people overlook which is who does this person who does love inspire me to become because mm. it's not just about what you want in another person it's what you're going to give what can I give how can I enhance their lives who do I become um, after love? Who, who do I become in love, in the evolution of love? And it's such a powerful question. And the mm-hmm. second thing that we often um, suggest that I would say is really the core tenant, and you can see this, a lot of these videos on our playlist on YouTube, it's called Manifest the Love of Your Dreams. We have the whole, you know, breakdown of a lot of these things. But a core tenant that you'll hear us say again and again is when you want to attract love into your life, it's very important to focus on your vision of love rather than a specific person. And the reason is when you focus on the vision, and I did this, and I speak, and we try to speak from our experience all of the time. Rather, We try to walk our talk. You know, that's our goal. When Hamilton and I were in that separation phase, although I was very much in love with him, although this connection was very powerful, I did not focus on I need Hamilton to be the person in my life because that energy is very intense and often can – do the opposite of what you want. It can push that person away. I focused on the vision that I wanted. I, I am in a relationship with a man who, fill in the dots. You know, I had a whole, I had a whole um, affirmation I would say to myself. But that invitation that Hamilton was talking about, that affirmation of having that vision becomes an invitation. And if I've trusted that if Hamilton was the right person for that vision, then he would come into that vision with me. He would join me in that vision. And it's just such a simple yet powerful practice for anyone listening to do, you know, trying to loosen the ties and attachment to it needing to be a certain way and trusting that the connection that is meant to be, if if that person is right for you, there's nothing that's going to keep that mm-hmm. from coming together. Yeah, oh, and I love the first, and I love the first one that Ingrid mentioned too, that question of like, who does love inspire me to be? Because it really, um, I, I like to say it, inspire me to be instead of even become because like who does it inspire me to be it puts it in the present moment it puts it in the now and become kind of keeps it as like a a thing in the future well once I do this and this and this then I'll be ready for love but like uh, thinking of it in a way of like 
how can I be the person that is in this relationship now? How can I be the person that embodies this state of love, of self-love, and the type of person that I would want to be in love with? You know, how can I be that now? And it, and it really activates this, like, embodiment of, you know, you can start to shift and, and start to really become um, in that energy and in that vibration, and that becomes so attractive yeah. to, uh, you know, potential partners. And, and the, if there is someone mm. out there who's, like, who fits that vision, they're going to take notice of you when you're in that energy, you know, and you're almost, like, becoming a magnet, you know. And it's sort of the one of the secrets of, like, the, it, it's the same kind of, like, law of attraction, everything that mm-hmm. so many teachers and so many authors speak about. Um, but the the trick to it really is to bring it into living from the state of being of like the wish fulfilled. Right. And, and that is why that question is so powerful. Like who does this, who does love really inspire me to be Mm -hmm. and how do I be that now? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Uh, And like in our space and with the sense of souls and light medicine and energy healing, we're always talking about the, the beingness. And and so what you're talking about is like that vibrational match for that beingness. Instead of being in the wanting energy and vibration, right, that needy wanting energy, we're, we're already there. We're resonating and being that frequency of which we, you know, desire and that just magnetically can't do anything but come. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to fruition and manifestation and divine timing. So, yes, you said that really, really well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, I think it's so cool that you guys, are like, you know, went and got training in the nonviolent communication. I was just talking to a client literally last week about it. Um, he's mm-hmm. uh, like a CEO of his business, and, you know, we are talking about um, – speaking to his staff and his partners and, and, you know, ways in which you can do that. Now, I'm certainly not an expert in this arena. Uh, however, I, I know how powerful it is. <laughs> and it I, is. I think, yeah, so some people just, you know, you know, sometimes people will say to me, and years ago I did have like a relationship coaching business and the universe said, nope, that's not where I want you. So <laughs> uh, that ended and, and what I do now has started. But um, people used to say, um well, you know, it didn't work out and blah, 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 and she didn't do this or he didn't do this or blah, 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 right? And I said, okay, so um, so <laughs> I'll say, so uh, have you taken a course on relationship communication? Blank. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Just curious how many, how many books on, you know, relationships have you, you know, read so far? None. Lots. I mean, I was reading I was reading books on relationships long before um, I met Hamilton, because I just I just knew like I I just got so clear that I was ready for love in my life, so I was going to do everything I could to prepare myself mm. for it. Yeah. Um, but oh it's my a gosh, so it's good. a never ending journey. Like we're still learning all the time. You know, we've worked with coaches and therapists and and you know people who like even talking to people who are older than us. People who've had more experience in a relationship than us. Every chance we get to learn something, we'll watch stuff on Gaia or get on YouTube and mm-hmm. listen to a TED talk. It's just. There's always, you know, we'll read books together. We have a little <laughs> process together that we do um, called Reads and Rubs. So, like, basically oh, one nice. of the people will be reading a book and the other person will get a little massage on their feet while they're reading. Oh, <laughs> um, I love so that. We'll, <laughs> highly suggest it. I highly suggest trying Reads and Rubs if you have someone to do that with. Um, it's just it's a great, great way to connect and spend time together. Um, but, you know, there's so many times that we've had these aha moments. Actually, it's I remember specifically Hamilton had mentioned um, about the wish fulfilled, which is one of the concepts of Neville Goddard, who's a great, who was a great um, spiritual teacher, um, metaphysical teacher. And I remember reading together one time when we got to this quote that said, others only echo what you whisper to them in silence. And we just both like looked at each other. Like it was like a mic drop moment. I think like we threw the book across the room because we were just so (laughs) struck. By and we're actually just you know kind of extra with the, <laughs> the drama. The drama. We're both actors too, so we were you know right, of course. <laughs> so we had to, but it was so poignant and actually it's so relevant 
for love and relationships as well because we see a lot of times patterns of, of expectations of other people. For example, if it's women, like women might say, oh, you, men can't be trusted. Men are right. so fickle, you know, and, and you have this expectation or, you know, women only want men who have a lot of money or people just generally can't be trusted at all, whatever, you know, whatever you're looking for. But all of those expectations and beliefs are being mirrored to you all the time. And being aware of that, and we actually have a process that we do in our workshops to help kind of decondition those expectations and get to mm-hmm. the core of a lot of those beliefs that people don't even realize they have. And we yeah. do that through this really cool free writing process. Yeah. But, it's like step one, like we talked about, of like clarifying what is your vision of love and who do, do you become in that vision. And then coming back from that, like we come back to meet ourselves where we are and like there may be a process of Mm -hmm. figuring out like, okay, like what belief systems or what like thought patterns or what habits or routines or ways of being do I have that aren't really in alignment with that vision right now. And it might be a process of like creating new habits, new patterns of thought, new belief systems. Like sometimes people don't realize our, our ability to use focus and use, you know, specific exercises to really reshape our beliefs and, like, create new beliefs and new, you know, we can create faith in things that through affirmation or through repetition. um, And, like, that might be the work that has to be done to to really fully embody and and sort of become the person you want to be. And, uh you know, so that that can be a process, and it and it does take some like digging into the shadow. It does take some mm-hmm. real. Uh, another thing that a lot of uh, twin flames talk about or seem to experience is that like there was um, some sort of connection or like serendipitous uh, relation to like both partners having gone through like a dark night of the soul, like at the same time kind of thing. (laughs) And uh, we realized, Inger and I realized that that was definitely true for us. Like both of us had gone through some pretty intense, like dark nights of the soul sort of thing, like fairly shortly before we met. But I think Uh. it had really created um, a similar wavelength of like this, deep introspection that you know sometimes it's just straight up not fun like sometimes it's actually pretty intensely um challenging like emotionally uh, and, yeah and i think it's like not sorry to interrupt you dude well, well anyway to, but i think with that um journey itself like to, to even experience a dark night of the soul i think takes element of like courage or like a a willingness for people who want to grow, who want to evolve themselves spiritually or whatnot, like that, you have to have that willingness to even like go through something like that, I think, because what it is is you are digging into your own subconscious really and um, figuring out what needs to be changed. You also not just find your fears and challenges there, but you also find your true self. Like that hides in the shadow too because Sometimes we don't, we're not really taught to believe that it's safe to share right. our true selves. So we hide that away in the shadow just, just along with our deepest fears and everything. So it's like a journey that it's like the hero's journey of Joseph Campbell. Like we all go through it at some point, you know. Mm. Um, well said. Um, well said. Yeah. Thank you. And Ingrid, were you going to? Sure, something as well related to yeah i think it was just it was just a little thought that popped in my head in terms of that dark night of the soul anyone who's experiencing that i i think one thing that i've come to believe is that when these this shadow work isn't something that's like a bad part of us or something that we want to avoid it's actually allowing yourself to be with those things and instead of trying to a lot of times people are like let it go or you know put it away or or just cut the mm. ties it's like i like to transmute them so it's yeah. still energy, and it's it's not making it bad or wrong. It's just it's just 
seeing it from another perspective, really. It's integrating and, and, and saying this is a part of myself that can actually serve me. Um, even when when um, we do processes with our clients, we don't particularly talk about cutting ties. We might say we're going to untie the connections, but you're always going to have had a connection with that person. Um, right. So it's, it's more of a transmutation of how you're relating or how the energy is connecting rather than just saying I'm cutting this off or I'm letting this go or I'm not, you know, it's the idea of alchemy to me is so much mm, more interesting for, for my journey. <laughs> Um, yes, rather than just, yes. oh, it's not me. So as humans, and I think Walt Whitman would talk about stuff like this so beautifully, it's like, do I contradict myself? Very well, I contradict myself. It's like I contain multitudes. We're all of it. Mm. We're all of it. Beautiful. And, and that's, you know, honoring the allness of it. You can find beauty in the darkness as well. There's times that Hamilton and I have been in dark places together, and, and there's been beauty in that. Mm-hmm. There's, it's not wrong or bad. It's just part of the experience of being a human. You know, we we signed up to be here. I get apparently <laughs> sometimes I wonder. <laughs> yeah. I did. Um, but you know, we're here, and and that that includes the darkness as well. An image that keeps coming back around to me is just thinking of this. Um, that I this image really explains it so well to me is like the image of a tree, a tree that is growing really tall and reaching really tall heights with its branches. If you were to be able to have like a satellite shot or, you know, an image of the root system underneath the ground that's Mm -hmm. under that tree for as tall as that tree wants to grow towards the sun, it has to grow equally down and its roots and down to be able to hold and withstand the weight of that big tall tree it has to grow down deeper equally and that is sort of a, a beautiful way of sort of seeing the necessity of like this hero's journey into the cave into the darkness into your shadow or the shadow work it's like that a necessary part of that upward ascension um, mm. to really yourself. and it kind of grounds you and it stabilizes you um, not always easy but it's it's what gives you the strength to grow to your highest heights well that makes so much sense so many people especially in the uh, light medicine community and the spiritual community, they want to stay with the light, you know, stay with the light, right? It's like, I'm going right. to have high vibration and, you know, feel happy all the time. And the movie Secret says I need to be happy all the time. And, you know, what we're discovering, what you're sharing here very, you know, uh, eloquently is that the need uh, for us to be whole. And that includes some of that shadow work. And like you said, in order to grow higher, if you will, into the light, we need to be able to delve into our own personal dark night of the soul whenever it's appropriate, whenever the divine timing is, and, you know, grow and learn from there. So we don't shun the dark or try to get rid of it or cut it or kill it or whatever, uh, but really embrace it. uh, And And with support, too. Mm. And with support, I just want to put that out there. This is not something that yeah. has to be done alone. Yeah, um, thank you for saying that. Have community. <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling people to just go and like dig into all of their deepest, darkest, most intense traumas. And <laughs> um, there are there are definitely ways that that can be done safely, and that can be done, you know, in a in I think setting a space, getting into your heart space before you do any of that kind of work is really mm. important. Um, you know, checking in. Some things I personally I've done on my own. I've sat with. You know, there's times where People may have not grieved a relationship that ended. Um, we've had times of that in our, in our sessions where we've worked with someone to just be like, have you really sat with this? Have you really allowed yourself to feel it? And we may, you know, they may tell us that they feel they can do that on their own or we may guide them through it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. never be afraid to ask for help. I and mean, when we've asked for help ourselves in our relationship and, and as individuals, and sometimes you need an outside perspective to really yeah. see something you couldn't see. And then, there's, of course, there's also energy work and um, therapy and friends and family. So yeah. always reach out to your community of people um, and know that you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, it's so important. Like, you know, we even with that we might be working with, like we'll a lot of times refer them to, you know, um, 
therapists or, you know. Well, other... We don't, like, refer them to people we know, but we'll suggest that they right. look for, for you know, someone to help them in that aspect. Because that is not just, like, the effective communication course that we took, that we met in, but, like, we've really been served, I think, by both individually, like, uh, getting professional therapy at different times to, like, help us through, you know, whatever individual um, emotional journeys we were going through or things that we just needed help with energy work you know we yeah. really uh, awesome spiritual really enjoy like Reiki um, healers and yeah mm-hmm. spiritual coaches we've we've had couples therapy um, from time to time to, that which has really helped give us some really effective tools mm-hmm. um, to like get through some of those challenges sometimes so it's like yeah, like the the importance of being able to ask for help when you need it is so huge. And even just like building your support system, building your tribe of like like-minded people, like what you're doing with your whole journey of like the light warrior medicine, you're building this whole community, like that's so important too. And it's something I get in like the dream weaving that we do together as well. And like it's mm-hmm. such a powerful community there. So it's like the more support you can build like that, it's, um, crucial. Right. And another reason super important, um, we just did a post recently, uh, maybe last week, called Your Partner is Not Your Parent. And it's really important to have that community because you can't expect your partner to be your best friend, your therapist, your lover, yes, your, you. you know, the person to, to pick you up when you're down, person to take you out, do fun things with all that. It's like that's too much to expect out of one person. Yeah. Yeah. And they will yeah. do those things for you sometimes, but they cannot be all of it all the time. And right. that's, that's Nobody can do that. Mm-hmm. So having that community of people around you so you have someone else you can call. You've got a friend. It's like this friend is the one who can always give me perspective. This is the friend that, you know, sometimes I go and spend time with because sometimes you need space. Um, space is a, is a good thing to have in relationships sometimes, mm-hmm. too, that balance there. So mm-hmm. that's another great skill, even if you're single, to start cultivating now is having a community of people that you that you reach out to for different things. You know, yeah. different people can offer different things. And putting all that weight on a partner is a sure way to just kind of put too much pressure on the relationship, and it's going to crumble underneath that pressure eventually. And I'll say right now, like, guys especially, I think, could really improve on this of, like, having friends and a support system or people uh-huh. to reach out uh-huh. to that you can talk to and really share your emotions and deep feelings and, and things with in a in an intimate way and um in a vulnerable way because i think a lot of uh relationships um as it relates to men we don't have that enough and then yeah. when you do get into an intimate relationship we expect our uh woman our we expect our wives or whatever or girlfriend to be all of our emotional support all the time and uh, that, like Inger said, it's like they might be able to be that some of the time or maybe often, but, like, to to be 100% of your support system is a pretty big burden for any person to carry. Um, so it's it's so beneficial oh, yeah. to any person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, really well said, really. Actually, James, my partner at this moment, is actually on a uh, mountain biking, uh, you know, excursion with some guy friends. You know, I'm like, yes! I can't, you know, do everything, you know, with them and vice versa. Um, I'm fortunate in that, you know, I connect with so many people because of my business and, you know, I have a team and, you know, all these things. But, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's my amazing support person, but I can't be 100% of his support person, you know. And so I think it's Mm -hmm. great. Uh, Like you said, it's very, very important for us to have a many people where I don't think we were made to be in isolation and humans are not even made to be just like two people <laughs> uh, alone. Yeah, so that you made a really great point there um, on the importance of that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, oh, actually, let me just check in. And if anyone has a question or comment or would like a little bit of mini coaching here from Ingrid uh, <laughs> and uh, Hamilton, you can go ahead and uh, call in if you're live on the call right now, 818-514-1190. Hit one so we know your hand is up. Again, 818-514-1190 and hit one. So what I want to do, um, Ingrid and Hamilton, is have you share a little bit about, you know, um, how you help people. Um, TwinSoulPoets.com is your website website. Uh, So share a little bit about some of your offerings upcoming. 
Yes. So a lot of this uh, work that we're talking about of like the shift of perspective to um, align yourself with your visions of love. When we start working with people, we have multiple um, sort of exercises and things that we do right off the bat um, through talking to them, but also um, things that we've, you know, gone through with many of our clients that uh, really helps you clarify what is your vision of love? Like, what does that look like, feel like? Really try to to get it as, like, live in your senses as possible so that it's crystal clear. And then mm-hmm. from there, we start going through that process of, um, you know, there's multiple specific exercises that we'll uh, sort of give as homework or even do in the sessions mm-hmm. with people so that they have something to take home with them. We like to really make it practical to where it's not just ideas that we're throwing out, yes. but things that we can actually do right now that can wow. uh, hone in on these things. And so we'll start to uh, clarify what are are there what are these active belief systems or things. A lot of times our belief systems lie in our subconscious. That's why shadow work is powerful because you kind of need to look at things that are maybe underneath the surface of your conscious awareness to figure out what what are my belief systems that are not in alignment or not resonating with this vision of love that I have? What is maybe just underneath the surface of my conscious awareness that's kind of blocking me from experiencing this now? And we have things that are like tried and true for figuring that out. And then from there, we, we start to rewrite those things and we start to, you know, move towards, uh, the version of you that is, that is in alignment with this stuff. Yes, and all of this is catered to the individual. So we mm-hmm. have processes and techniques that we do, but we also like to feel into what the person needs, you know, what the individual uh-huh. needs along the way. And sometimes we come up with ideas that were just for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, things come to mind where we've done visualizations for someone to kind of really get to the core of what's holding them back and just do this creative process together. Um, because even as actors, improvisation is a strength of ours. So we've had these powerful meditations, these powerful moments um, with people that just happened by going off of their energy and really feeling into what was right for them. Mm-hmm. Um, another great example, I love how that practical idea is so important to us. Um, we've worked with people who are moving and transitioning out of relationships. We've worked with couples. Um, I remember uh, one client in particular was, was transitioning out of relationship but still in the home with their partner. And, uh-huh. you know, based on the conversation we had, we suggested that they create, they wanted to move out eventually. And we said, why don't you create a space for yourself within the home you're already in to start calling in that energy of your own space and to have a place that's kind of your sanctuary in the home because, they were having a hard time just, you know, finding their own space and they had mm-hmm. kids and things like that. And it was amazing to hear after, you know, just a week or two of doing that and of going to that space for a little bit of time every day, how quickly it started to transition. You know, they now have found their own space mm-hmm. and were able to do that, find their own home. But it's like planting the seed with them just in this very seemingly simple process really helps, you know, and going off of what the feedback they gave us um, really helps start the ball rolling with their mm-hmm. whole process. So we will work with you to cultivate um, a process that's honed for what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds good. So how do people contact you uh, to see if working with you is the right fit for them, whether they're singles or couples? So the easiest way to book a session with us or a um, – we also have options for a five-week session, which is really powerful if you really want to dive in um, to this whole process that we do. You head over to our website, twinsoulpoets.com. Um, you'll see um, uh, the, t- the very first uh, thing you can click actually says love coaching, and then you'll scroll down mm-hmm. and you'll see book a session, and you'll see the options to book there. Um, you can also reach out to us on our Instagram, which is we're Twin Soul Poets everywhere. So you can go to Instagram. You can, you know, we get messages there sometimes if you want to just check out more of what we do. Um, YouTube is a really great place to really, you know, Instagram's kind of like, um, YouTube light in terms of how right. <laughs> that we share. But there are some fun things on that page as well. We're also on TikTok, which is kind of new for us, but we've been sharing some things there and having kind of just more fun posts, people who are interested in just kind of our lives and want to get a peek into mm-hmm. that might enjoy our TikTok. Um, but yeah, the, the best way is just to go on the website session with us, but you're welcome to ask us any questions you have either on Instagram or you can email us. Our email is h.i 
www.twinsouls at gmail.com. So you're also welcome to reach out to us there. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's fabulous. Um, I'm just going to make sure there's not uh, another question here on the chat or on the phone. I think uh, nobody has their hand up. <laughs> so in case you, if, you know, here's your last chance. You can definitely, uh, if <laughs> you're live, uh, just, yeah, just hit one. Uh, I know sometimes relationship stuff can be really um, sensitive. Sure obviously uh for for people to talk about openly and i and i get that which is why it's so great to be able to work with coaches i certainly wish i had this kind of resource years and years ago <laughs> i was going through um a difficult time with my first um husband and we ended up with a therapist who was helpful for sure um but mm-hmm. i think she talked more about herself and her post alcoholic husband relationship than about us so i <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's a journey to find like who's right for you. You know, you try right, to find right. the right fit. And sometimes it's a team of people. Like you know, the person I mentioned that we worked with, they had a therapist they worked with, which was mm. they were helping them in a certain aspect, and we were another piece of the puzzle. You know, it's, right. it's unlikely that one person or even two people are going to do it all for you. So mm-hmm. we would right. love to be a part of that, you know, journey for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For anyone oh, listening, who's still called. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, uh, great. So um, I would love to know just, you know, one uh, final kind of tip from each of you, uh, like one core message that you want to make sure our listeners really digest in and absorb. What would that be? We'll start with you, Ingrid. Mm. I think that you are someone who's really wanting love in your life. Ask. I think that sometimes we have these desires and things that we want and we keep them within, you know, the story you started with is a true story. I, I was literally, you know, in this place where I was I had this yearning and this aching in my heart for love and to the point where I vocalized literally out loud by myself, you know, in this garden, you know, universe, like I, it's on my heart to have love in my life. And I don't know if this person I had just dated was right or if they're coming, but if you just give me a sign, you know, asking oh. for guidance, asking for help. Um, is so powerful and and telling people around you that you care about that you're looking for love sometimes people feel ashamed of that and uh, there's a quote that we have that you know wanting love is a noble pursuit never be ashamed Mm. of your desire for love because you deserve it that's a part of being here as a human is to engage with others and to experience love with others and give love to others so don't be afraid to to say yes and say yes by Uh. sharing that People. That's great yeah. counsel. Thank you, Ingrid. How about you, Hamilton? I think playing off that, um, yeah, I think asking is really powerful. And then the step two would be to really open and sort of a word that continues to like redefine and deepen its definition for me is surrender, opening mm-hmm. and surrendering to whatever forms of that assistance and guidance might show up because I am a firm believer in the power of prayer, the power of asking for assistance from the universe or whatever higher power you believe in. And when you do ask it, the, the help will show up. And so something that, you know, the next step is just to open your eyes and really be present mm-hmm. and really to trust that like the things that are showing up for you, whatever those might be, even if it feels like challenges, right, to ask, to sort of see every experience in life as like, okay, how is this serving me? How is this teaching me something valuable? What do I have to learn from this experience? Because um, if we didn't, have something to learn from it, it probably wouldn't be happening, right? It probably wouldn't wouldn't be experiencing it. So um, open to that trust and surrender and, like, that those answers, you know, they'll be there. And our job is just to notice. We don't have to know how it's going to show up. Yep. Just notice when it does. Right. And, And that guidance could be, hey, you see this podcast come across your Facebook feed right right 
Uh, and it's like, huh, that sounds interesting. I've had so many synchronicities that way. It's it's fantastic. Thank you so much, Ingrid. Thank you so much, Hamilton, for you know being here, sharing your gifts and uh, the beautiful wisdom that you shared with us today. Thank you for this awesome platform. Like this is just so amazing to connect with community of people who are, you know, wanting to go on this soul journey and really dive in. It takes a lot of courage to do that. So I just I just think what you're doing um is amazing. Mm. Thank you. Uh, yes, thank you both. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. And remember, you can connect with Hamilton and Ingrid at TwinSoulPoets.com. Thanks, everyone. Bless, be blessed. Lots of love. Lots of love. Lots of love. <laughs>